Hello, mighty warriors of God, and welcome to MI15. Today is Wednesday, August 4th, 2021, and this is day 1244 of our journey together. My name is Jackie, and welcome, welcome, welcome to you. So let's go ahead and get started. Father, we honor you, glorify you, and praise you. You are the absolute number one (laughs) in my life. I thank you so much for all that you do for each and every one of us, for waking us up to see a brand new day that we've never seen before. Thank you, Father, for helping us to go forth and fulfill the purpose you've given us for today. I ask that you will comfort the brokenhearted and heal the sick and bless those who may be in financial need. I also ask, my Lord, that you will speak today, that it be all about you and not about me. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God, everybody. Thank you so, so much for tuning in. I want to give a big shout out to my T-Zone little babies. Actually, they're teenagers. So anyway, hey, thanks for checking in, everybody. All right, so today's message is, Uh, don't despise small beginnings. Sometimes we start off small, but it will grow. So don't despise those times. And we need to get, that is helping to prepare us for the great feast with our Lord and Savior. Oh my goodness, it's going to be awesome. Okay, so we're going to be coming out of Luke chapter 13, verses 18 through 30. Luke chapter 13 18 through 30. And uh, this is Jesus speaking in the beginning. It says, Then Jesus asked, What is the kingdom of God like? What shall I compare it to? It is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his garden. It grew and became a tree, and the birds perched in its branches. So a mustard seed is uh, the tiniest seed uh, when it comes to planting something and um, and a tree anyway, and and it grows to be huge. So it starts off very small, and and if you look at that seed, <laughs> you'll wonder how can this turn into something huge, and it can turn into something very huge. And then he gives another example. Jesus says again, he asks. What shall I I compare the kingdom of God to? It is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough. And I'm just going to tell you, when my sisters and I had our bakery, we would use yeast in about 50 pounds of flour and about 25 pounds of sugar, mix all that together along with other just a handful of other ingredients, but the yeast might have been equivalent to two cups. And that little bit of yeast made the whole 50 pounds of flour and the sugar grow into a huge batch. It was enough to make about 50 dozen dinner rolls. So that's 50 times 12. All right, that's a lot. (laughs) That's all I can say. So that little bit of yeast came in and just made all of that grow. It takes just a little bit. So 
We start off small, and this is what the kingdom of God looks like. But as we begin to share the love of Jesus with others, it grows and it gets bigger and bigger. When the disciples started, uh, when Jesus started, I would look at it as just like this little small underground movement that became that came to the surface, and uh, it grew and grew, and now it's just all over the world, everywhere. You know, there's when Jesus returns, everyone would have had an opportunity to hear about Jesus before he returns. Verse 22 says, Then Jesus went through the towns and villages teaching as he made his way to Jerusalem. All along, Jesus came as a baby. He knew, and at the age of uh, 33, I think it was, he Uh, He knew he was going to die for us so that we could have life. He didn't stay dead, though. He he rises up from the dead on the third day, and he he takes victory over death by rising up and, and over hell by taking the keys back from Satan and over the grave because we're not, the grave won't even be able to hold us when he returns. So, All along, this is the part that is really profound to me. He knew he was going to Jerusalem to be hung to a cross. And I'm I'm not talking, oh, he's just there standing at that cross. No, he was beaten so badly first that they said the back, his back looked like ground hamburger meat. It was so bad. And that then after they beat him 40 times, Uh, with a whip that had these pieces of glass tied to the ends of the whip that would dig into his skin every time they hit him with it 40 times. He knew he was going to be beaten. He knew he was going to suffer greatly. But all that time, he's sharing the love of God. He's talking about, um, you know, being saved. He's talking about living for Christ and he's doing miracles and and healing the sick and raising the dead all while all along he knows he's heading to Jerusalem to die for us someone asked him lord are only a few people going to be saved he said to them make every effort to enter through the narrow door because many i tell you will try to enter and will not be able to And so he was telling them the way to enter in, to get to heaven is through a narrow pathway. It's the way that most people don't want to go. They want to go that wide and broad way that everybody is going. This is like, hey, we're going to go party. We're going to go do this, go do that. And and nothing wrong with if you're partying, but the atmosphere if you're you know in drinking and driving and getting high and so much you you can't even see your way through to where you need to go and your mind is is taken over by the drug or or you're sexually immoral all these things broad is that way and narrow is the way to get to get to the lord and and here's the good thing you don't have to worry about getting cleaned up before you come to him you come as you are through that narrow door he says i tell you uh i tell you will try to enter and will not be able to 
uh, let me start over on verse 24. Make every effort to enter through the narrow door because many, I tell you, will try to enter and will not be able to. Once the owner of the house gets out and closes the door, you will stand outside knocking and pleading, sir, open the door for us. It is just like it was in the days of Noah. It had never rained on the earth before. And God said, man has been continuously evil. He said, I hate that I even create created man. He said, I'm going to destroy everything I created on this earth, the animals, man, everything, because they are sinning against me. And then he noticed that Noah was a godly and righteous man, and he taught his family the same way. So he had his three sons, he had his wife, his son's wives and his own wife. And and Noah spent about a hundred years building this giant boat called the Ark. And people would come and laugh at him as he's building this Ark and make fun of him. You old man, you're dumb. What are you? I'm just imagining this is what they're saying, okay? And so talking bad about him because they never seen rain. So they didn't know that you know, a flood. Who who are you? So sometimes people will make a mockery or fun of you because you're doing what God said do because they can't see what God is saying. They don't have the faith that you have to know that this is God telling me to do that. And then all of a sudden the ark was finished and him and his family and all of the animals that God told him to get, two of every kind of animal, and then seven of some of them because they were going to be used for sacrifices to the Lord. And he got all of them on the boat. This was a three-story high ark. It was gigantic and he took enough food for every animal, every person, and they all got on that boat. And then God shut the door and then came all the rain and the flooding and the people were beating on the door. Let me in. Let me in. And Noah couldn't open the door because God shut it. And you know, if it's us, we're going to feel sorry. We're going to say, okay, but, but God has felt sorry and given us mercy and grace for years and years. And he's saying there's a time coming when the door will be shut and you will not be able to get in. And it says, but he will answer, I don't know you or where you come from. Then you will say, we ate and drank with you and you taught in our streets. But he will reply, I don't know you or where you come from. Away from me, all you evildoers. There will be weeping there and gnashing of teeth. When you see Abraham, Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but you yourselves are thrown out, people will come from the east and west and north and south and will take their places at the feast in the kingdom of God. Indeed, there are those who are last who will be first and first who will be last. So don't despise small beginnings because there's a time coming. You're last right now, but God is going to make you first. So you keep doing what God has called you to do. Don't worry about those that are getting ahead, doing evil, you know, selling stuff that they shouldn't be selling and doing the, you know, stealing from people and doing all these things. And, and I'm talking the rich are getting richer and the poor are getting poor. Don't worry about it. God's getting ready to flip the script. And, and it's going to be the other way around. God's people. Listen, look at it like this. Those that are doing evil and getting richer and richer because of the evil, nothing wrong with being rich and serving God. But when you're rich and serving Satan and doing evil to others to get rich, 
oh no, that's not of God. And they're storing, they're getting all that ready for all of us. And God is saying, the last will be first and the first will be last. Point number one, uh, many of us have marveled over how big and beautiful someone's home is. And, and like, you know, where the movie stars and athletes and other famous and wealthy people live. I remember when we'd go to Texas to visit my daughter, they'd take us to a part of town where all the richy rich people live. And we look at the house and go, wow, oh my goodness. And, and they look amazing. And, and I remember when uh, my husband uh, got a brand new, several years ago, customized black Cadillac, brand new and everything on it, just about, he told him how he wanted it and, and, and all that God blessed where we had the money to get it done. And, and people would would honk their horns at us as we're driving down the street and put a thumbs up and people would want to see the inside of it and, and sit in it. It was just really amazing to me to see because I've never done that with somebody's car, but people would do it. We came out of a restaurant one day and two men were walking around the car, me and a, my friend of mine, a girlfriend of mine, and, and they were just looking at the car and I'm thinking, what are they doing? And they're walking around it, looking at the tires and, and all of that. And, and, and when I came to the car, they couldn't believe it belonged to me <laughs> to get into it. Well, you get my point. Sometimes we put our energy and time into the wrong thing. Kingdom-minded people keep their eyes on the king, and that's Jesus. Intentionally obeying his words, adding to the kingdom of God. We understand that it's not about our popularity uh, on this earth, our status, our wealth, our heritage, or, or our power, but about our commitment to Jesus Christ, fulfilling our purpose, putting him first in our lives, and, and glorifying him, not a man or things. Now, God can entrust in you after you've, after you've proven, you know what, God, I, I can live off of a little or I can live off of a lot. I'm not going to let these things uh, keep me from you. That, that's, the, that's the concern. But if he can entrust in you great wealth, and then you use that great wealth not only for you to prosper, but to help others, now you're doing it. That's what it's all about. When we get this wealth, it's not just for us. It's for us to help others and then help them to get to a point where they too can do the same thing and teach them and share with them. Oh, glory to God. Point number two. There are many people who acknowledge Jesus as a great teacher. Um, they read a lot of books about him, but but yet have never accepted him as their Savior and Lord, and they've never repented of their sins and accepted his forgiveness. Um, that's the key. Lord, please forgive me of my sin, and, and, and I'm so sorry for what I've done, and, and that's repenting. And then and then please asking God to forgive us. And he does. And he doesn't remember what we did anymore. It's, he forgives us from, as far as the East is from the West. The only people that remember it is usually us that beat ourselves up over things that Jesus is like, I've forgotten all about it. I don't <laughs> I don't hold that against you. You're doing that to yourself. Or others will say, I remember when so-and-so used to do drugs and they'd come and steal money out of your purse. And there they are sitting there. You better grab your purse, girl. Something like that, you know. And you're not like that anymore. But people just remember you from who you used to be. Well, Jesus does not. Isn't that awesome? Oh, yes, you will be surprised to see actually uh, who will make it into the kingdom of God. 
It will be those who are willing to deny themselves, even look down upon those who say to things that don't line up with God's values. Those who will be those will be the ones who will take their place at the feast in the kingdom of God. Yes, people like you keep on doing what the Lord has called you to do. God sees and he knows you were put last, but God will make you first. So keep on sharing Jesus with others. Keep on loving on others. Keep on doing the great work you're doing. Many of you are doing so many wonderful things and the world doesn't know it. That's okay. God knows it. I'll never forget many years ago, there was a young man. Actually, he was my age, but I <laughs> called him a young man. Actually, he was o- older than me and he walked everywhere he went. His name was Billy. And, uh, you know, to look at Billy, he was very short. Uh, he he um, would wear out his shoes from catching the bus and walking everywhere he went. And, uh, and people would sometimes laugh at him and make fun of him. He had some uh, like challenges, uh, development challenges in his body and uh, uh, some mental uh, challenges uh, that you would never know uh, that he he was just his speech was a a little different in the way he talked. uh, But once you got to talking to him, you understood him. And so he came to the church on a regular basis and and I say, hey, Billy, you need a ride home. And he because he walked everywhere. I mean, he just and he, he was always happy, just always had a smell. Hey, Jackie, how are you doing? I'm like, I'm doing good, Billy. And I would call him Billy D. And uh, <laughs> and so uh, I remember my sister and her husband bought him a pair of shoes. And uh, and and within like a couple of months, they were worn out because he would walk literally everywhere. And he always had with him, he would carry uh, a harp that he made. It was just this little bitty harp along with a few other things he would have in his backpack. So I would take him home uh, sometimes after church and, and it got to where I'd pick him up and I got to know him a lot better. And he was just one of the biggest characters you could ever meet in this tiny little body, you know, with this, you know, what the world would consider funny looking, you know, different. And I I remember one time we were at church and he says, uh, he had asked the pastor if he could play his harp. So he said, sure. Uh, Well, actually it was a violin. It was really small. Just, it didn't even look like, no, I think it was a harp. It didn't, it was, it didn't look anything similar really to any harp you've ever seen. It was something he had created and built himself. It was amazing. So he got up front in front of the church and he, and he, uh, he took his little bow and he pulled, you know, pressed it against the strings and he went like maybe, maybe five times or six times, one, two, three, four, five, six. And he goes, okay, I'm done. And it was just, and we all just clapped and clapped and, and he did, it was just amazing. And just everyone had a big old smile on their face and, and so did he. And he, and he walked back up with his little walk that he had and, you know, with his head moving back and forth and he comes and he sits down and, and it was like, like less than 30 seconds. And he says, I'm done. (laughs) Oh my gosh. We would have so much fun and laugh when I would take him home and the things he would tell me about and the way he grew up and what happened and, and just getting to know someone else, those small beginnings, you know, uh, taking time out to get to know one another and sharing the love of Jesus with each other. And, uh, it's just amazing. Uh, 
And I pray that Billy's doing well. Uh, and listen, the key is that you know Jesus. Do you know him as your Savior? This is your day. Romans 10 and 9 says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Glory to God. The angels are rejoicing right now because of you getting saved, accepting Jesus as your Savior. Glory to God. I love you all so, so much. May the Lord bless and protect you. May his face radiate with joy because of you. May he be gracious unto you, show you his favor, and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen. And remember, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Please don't forget to check us out on our website, JackieBikesMinistries.org, J-A-C-K-I-E, Be Like Boy, U-Y-C-K-S, Ministries.org. Check out the other messages and please share them with others. Also, please subscribe to our website by entering your first and last name and your email address. All right, mighty warriors, go forth and make it an awesome day, fulfilling the purpose that God has given you. And I will talk to you later. Bye-bye.